Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. What a, what a joy it is to be in the house of God always. In my years of traveling and preaching in many different churches, even as an evangelist to step into more than 40 churches a year, I want you to know there is something special about this place. There's something special about the Anchor Church in the house of God. It doesn't matter if it's a Sunday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday. He always meets us here. Amen. I believe this church is a pivotal place for God. Evangelist Shane Burns stepped here and he preached a message called Where Matters. And I believe that God has destined this place for a divine purpose. I believe the Lord has moved people here for a divine purpose. I believe God has called you here because you have a divine purpose to heal, amen, to heal you to build you up and to send you back out for a great purpose. Aren't you glad the Lord's called you and he's moved upon your spirit? Amen, amen, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. I am leaving tonight early. I came in just a little late. I was supposed to have taken a trip even earlier this week, but through some transitions, I was unable to to keep my original plans. Then I decided to be here tonight, but... There's some storms moving in. I've got to get my family to where we're supposed to be. Don't want to travel too late this evening for a trip we're going to take. We're going to be there with a friend who's in the midst of a transition. We want to pray for Brother Josh Carson. Amen. He's in a very, very transitional point in his life, praying about becoming pastor of a church in, in uh, Indianapolis. And I'm going to ask this congregation. We feel like he's a part of our church, don't we? Amen. And he is a pivotal voice in this day and time. But would you join me right now and to pray for the will of God? I'm going to go be with him in just a few moments and travel to where he is. But would you pray with me tonight that God would speak clear and bring a clear word? Would you help us pray for Brother Carson? God, we are praying tonight for a moving of your spirit. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we are praying, God, for the Holy Ghost to fall upon that body. And we're praying for your spirit to move upon the leadership. We're praying, God, for your will and nothing less. Nevertheless, but your will, oh God, in Jesus' name we pray. Over the last several weeks, God has dealt with my heart very heavily. You've watched me weep. You've seen me cry in this pulpit and deliver a burden. Matter of fact, one week ago today, I preached on bear you one another's burden and how to balance a burden. I have felt that. I do believe that God has called us to enter into a place of intercession. Very critical times. Look at your neighbor and say it's critical times. But it's biblical times. What we're about to see is the unfolding of the greatest harvest in the history of the church of Jesus Christ. We are. Elder Melik, we're gonna see things like the Anchor Church meets here. We're gonna see homes become prayer centers. We're gonna have have homes that are reporting when we get back to church on Sunday. We just had somebody healed of cancer on a Thursday. We had somebody in our house, a neighbor showed up and God healed them and they repented of their sins. Hey, Pastor, I, I, we baptized them in the we baptized them in the pool on Friday night. I'm telling you, the revival that's going to happen is bigger than a Sunday. It's bigger than a sanctuary. It's bigger than that. It really is. And God's calling you to this. Somebody say Amen. And so, in that, God has called us. We've never been more powerfully used as a group. There's, there's never been more fruit on the vine than there is in the church right now. We've never had more people ready to be involved in the harvest than what we have right now in the anchor. Have you noticed the spiritual sensitivity that we had to get into the presence of God? It doesn't take 30 minutes. I know during the day, at, at, a, at any given moment, I could fall to my knees and be right in the throne room of God. 
The Lord has called us to prayer. I think we ought to thank God for that. There is a call to prayer in this church. Amen. Amen. With great churches come great leadership. It really does. And we're so blessed to have these men right here. Our ministerial team. Aren't you thankful for this ministerial team? Some of the best people in the world. Amen. Praise God. Great churches have great people. And on a Wednesday night, a tremendous crowd of people that have gathered. No, and it could just be prayer meeting. But Nehemiah, these people, and you know it, they love God. Look at all of them here tonight. You love God, don't you? This is what it's about. This is what it's about. We are, we are so blessed with the leadership that we have in Pastor Cody up to grave. He does so much more than just lead our youth. He is a voice in this hour that God has raised up. He's given him some spiritual maturity in years and we're blessed to have him here. Amen. We are blessed to have he and Sister Lauren here. He's going to lead us tonight in the teaching of the word of God into prayer. Hey, when he's done preaching, let's respond in prayer. Let's take some time to seek the face of God. Don't you love Pastor Cody up to grave? I want him to come to deliver the word of the Lord. Let's all stand and honor him if you're not. I love you. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. I'm so thankful for the opportunity to speak to you tonight. And I echo the words of our pastor. Very thankful for, for these men that are up here. And um, to hear their heart, to be more than just with them in a church setting, but to hear their heart across the table and to sit down and break bread with them and hear. They're just real people. And, um, and I'm thankful for that. I love our pastor and our pastor's family. Don't you? We got the best. We have the best. Daniel chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 4 here in just a minute. To all the young people that were expecting youth service tonight, forgive us thou me. I couldn't tell you because I knew if I told some of you, then you wouldn't come to church. So, so, uh, <laughs> maybe not for all and everybody, but maybe maybe a couple. <laughs> and so, but but you got to hear me tonight, and uh, I love all y'all very much. We're going to be back in there soon. Daniel chapter three and verse four. Then an herald cried aloud, "To you it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages." There was, there was a diverse group of people there. That at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery. You can't, you can't say sackbut without laughing or smirking at least. My boys get a good kick out of that. The psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music. Ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king has set up. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Go down to verse 12. There are certain Jews, now they're going back and sharing with the king what happened. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, somebody say, but if not, be it known to thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. 
I'm going to preach you tonight. I'm going to obey the Holy Ghost. I'm times, standing in pressured times. Lord, I love you. God, I thank you for this great body of people, God, that have come to hear and to glean from your word. I pray, oh God, that your spirit would speak to us tonight, that you would open our ears to hear what you are saying to this church. God, we've come, oh Lord, to be in your presence. We thank you, Lord, for being here. Speak to us now through your word, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Standing in pressured times. The book of Daniel, the book of Daniel, now it's Bible study night, so just jump in, jump into the story with me here. The book of Daniel is a very transitional time in the story of the children of Israel. You see throughout the Old Testament, one moment Israel's doing well, one minute they're they're turning around and serving idols and doing this, and the Lord finally got to a place where he was tired of it. And so he turned them over into Babylonian captivity. Are you with me? He turned, he turned them over into Babylonian captivity. So here you have, you have a bunch of Israelites who have been captured and taken to the land of Babylon. This place is not like, not like, uh, the, the culture is not the same as, as it was back home. It's, it's, it's altogether different. They worship different gods. Their traditions and their things are different. It's all, it's all a different place and you'll find that, and you'll find that throughout the course of this story that, that King Nebuchadnezzar said, find me the choicest young men that, that can come and that can serve me and, and so they find Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they spend three years in the school of Babylon and train them up to serve and be a part of the kingdom. And, and you'll find that there's, there's more that I could get, get into, into this story, but, but there were times these, these men had... These men were together. They were, they were, they were brothers in the spirit. They were, they were more than just, they, they were more than just people who came from the same tribe and in the in the spirit. They they had went, they had went through the transition together of going from Israel now to Babylon. Being stripped from everything that they had known. They had been through difficult times and moments together and uh, all throughout Daniel the early chapters of prayer they would bind together for a cause and they didn't want to eat the king's meat because they didn't want to defile themselves with the things of together in prayer these men through trials together Somebody say together. And you'll find uh, that in this story there is a golden image set up. And I'm going to share the story for those of you who don't know it. There, there was a golden image set up and the king Nebuchadnezzar declared that when you hear the sound of the music, that means it's time to bow to the golden image. When the music began to play, Everybody else bowed. Now get this, there were, there were church folk in that group. There were people that, 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 they, saw, that they sat around, people that they hung out with uh, in, in youth service. They, they, they were all there with them. And when the music began to play, Elder Melick, it was only those three men that did not bow. I'm gonna talk to you tonight about how to stand in pressured times. This was a moment of pressure. Can you imagine the pressure that these men felt to bow? Thousands of people around them and a promise from the king that if they did not bow, they would die. Can you imagine that pressure? That's a lot of pressure. 
That's a lot of pressure to be under in, in, in a moment. It, it, it's, it's pressure that, that I, I, I'm sure people in here, I, we're, we're all human and we, we would, who knows what we would do. I hope we would stand, but, but there was a moment of pressure there. And out of thousands of people, these three men stood. But how could they stand? How could they stand in a moment of, can I tell you tonight, we are in a moment of pressure as the church. Amen, the eyes of this world is on the church of the living God. I'm gonna tell you right now, if we've ever had the attention of this world, we have the attention of them right now. Amen, they're looking to somebody and something that will give them hope, uh, that can give them help for their future. Amen, they're looking for for a safe place. Uh, There are eyes on the church right now. I'm gonna tell you how. I'm going to tell you how these men stood. One way they stood in pressured times is they were men of prayer. They were men of prayer. I'm not talking about they were men of prayer as soon as the music began to play and they had the choice whether to, whether to bow or to stand. That's not when they were praying. When the moment of pressure came, Pastor Melick, their mind had already been made up. Their mind had already been persuaded because somewhere long before the trial ever happened, they got alone with God and said, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll stand if everybody else is bowing. I'll live for you if nobody else hear me tonight. They could stand when everybody else bowed because they made the decision before they got there. If you're going to stand, if you're going to stand for God, you're not going to make the right decision when, when the gun's held to your, when the gun's held to your head and saying, serve God, or, or you want to serve God, or you want to not serve. I'm not saying that's going to happen, but, but the, the, the figurative gun is held to your head. You, you're not going to, you're not going to make the right decision if, if that's the time you want to start praying, if that's the time you want to be devoted. You're not going to make the right decision, but somewhere you have to, you have to step back. You have to step back and say, I'm going to live for God regardless of what I feel, regardless of what's going on around me. I'm going to live for God. Oh, you know how we are. You know how we are. We don't do stuff until it's, until there's a lot of pressure to do it. I'm going to tell you one more time, boy. Clean your room. Mom never talked like that. That that might be, I can't remember. It might be. (laughs) You know, honey, you've been saying you were going to do that for three weeks. (laughs) Oh, husbands. (laughs) But one of the, one of the, one of my favorite statements that came out when, when, when COVID came out was, I feel sorry for all the men who, for all the husbands who said, I'll do that when I have time to do that. <laughs> Ain't had nothing but time for a couple months now. You know how we are. We do stuff when the pressure is there. We want to do stuff. We, we want to procrastinate and wait until the night before the test to study. We want to wait until the until the day before, we want to wait until, uh, we, you know, our tags expire on a, on a, in a certain month, but, but we know in our head we can go 30 days beyond that. You know what I'm talking about? And so we wait till the very last moment. You know how we are. We wait until the pressure is there. But it can't be that way in the church. It can't be that way when it comes to living for God. You've got to live for him when there is no pressure to live for him. You've got to live for him when there is nobody holding a gun to your head. You've got to make up your mind. I'm going to go to heaven. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to stand for holiness. I'm going to stand for truth. I'm going to stand for separation from the world. Don't wait to make the decision until you're pressured. Make the decision before you ever get there. And the reason they could stand is because 
way before the music ever started to play, Pastor Nehemiah, they had a meeting with God and said, I am not going to bow. Amen. You want to stand? You want to stand in a moment of pressure? Wake up. We are in a moment of pressure. You want to stand in a moment of pressure? There's got to be a prayer closet involved. There's got to be time with God involved. Those men prayed prayers. Those men got a hold of God. Amen. And I'm going to preach it. We've been, we, we've been hearing about it for months. But I'm going to keep preaching it. We've got to pray. Young people, we've got to pray. We've got to pray. We can't leave it to the adults. We can't leave it to the seniors. We can't leave it to the elders who have held up this church for years. You hear me? We've got to pray now. The only person you hear me, young people, I'm gonna preach to you. I haven't preached to you in a while, so you ready? The only person that's holding you back from doing something special for God is you. This church is not holding you back. These seniors and elders are not holding you back. This ministry team is not holding you back. But you've got a group of people in this sanctuary that are saying, go on, get a prayer life. Go on, be used in the gift of prophecy. Go on, pray somebody through the gift of the Holy Ghost. Go on, outreach. Go on, teach a Bible study. We can't wait any longer. We've got to do what we're going to do right now. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. They made it because they had a devotion to God. They had a relationship with God, but that's not the only reason they made it. The second reason they made it, Pastor Melick, I hope y'all hear me tonight. The second reason they were able to make it, not only because of their prayer life and their devotion to God, but they were able to make it. They were able to stand firm because of their devotion to one another. Yes, yes, they made up their mind to live for God. Yes they were they, yes they had a prayer life. Yes they were devoted to him, but they were also devoted to one another. If the church is going to be able to stand in this day and in this hour, we have to bind together. We have to get in one mind and one accord. We have to be in unity with one another. I'm going to park right here for a minute because I feel too. Unity is not just clapping at the same time. Unity is not just praying when everybody, oh, we're in unity tonight. Hallelujah. We're all praying at the same. That's, that's, that's in unison. But that does not mean Unity. To be united with somebody means to be joined with them. It means to be close to them. When you get close to me, you know what you're going to see? You're going to see some imperfections. You're going to see some stuff that you wonder about. And we've had conversations over the years. You're going to see... You're going to see some stuff when you get close, when you get in unity with, see, see, we got this mentality that unity just means, oh, brother, you and I are together and we're going to serve, that, 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 that. that ain't unity. That's being together. That's a part of it. But when you are in unity, Samson tied those foxes together. He bound them together. Wherever the one went, the other went. Wherever the one moved, the other moved. They were bound together. And when you get close to your brother and your sister, you are going to notice things that you hadn't noticed before, good or bad. But just because there is a disagreement between you and that person, maybe you and that person don't see things eye to eye, that does not mean that you should.
heard an amen. You're welcome. God bless you. <laughs> Only reason I'm doing this is for, for, for uh, the live stream. We're glad you're here. Glad you're watching. But when you get in unity with somebody, that doesn't always mean you see everything eye to eye. But it does mean that when you get in unity with somebody, that means there is trust there. That means that in spite of our differences, we can have a conversation. We can work things out. Uh, we can work things out amongst each other. Oh, I'm going to go here tonight. It's easy, hear me. It's easy to not feel empathetic for something you don't understand and can't relate with. I'm going I'm to do exactly what I feel tonight. It is hard. It is hard. It was hard for me to be empathetic. It was hard for me, Pastor Nehemiah, to be empathetic and understand. It's hard. It was hard. Not because, not because a man, my goodness. Oh, Jesus, help me tonight. For a man, for a man to have a knee up against his neck for eight minutes and 46 seconds. It's murder, it's wrong, it's vile, it's evil, and it should never happen. That's wrong. I can't relate. I've never been there. I've never, oh, I hope you hear me tonight. It's hard to be empathetic with somebody when you've never been in their shoes. I grew up in a home that, color was just it didn't matter you were you were you were black you were white you were you were you were Spanish you were Chinese you were just a person I'm gonna be real honest with you tonight I did not realize that racism was a thing I did not I just did not know that it existed I didn't know because I'd never been around it I had never experienced it for myself I had never dealt with, oh, I, I, I'm here. Uh, and, so, and, so as, and so as somebody, as, as a white guy, it was hard for me to relate because I had never experienced it. But just because I had never experienced it doesn't mean it had never happened before. As a matter of fact, if you will sit down, and I, I've had some conversations over the past week that has, has, has blown my mind. Blown my mind. Y'all feel that right now? Oh, we, uh, <laughs> we're talking real tonight. You okay? I didn't, I didn't understand that it was a thing. I didn't understand that, that, that things happened People didn't. People still didn't treat people right because of the color of their skin. I did not know that that happened. Honestly, until until I got close to people in my life that didn't look just like me, until I had conversations with people in my life that didn't grow up just like me. It's hard to empathize with somebody that you've never heard their story, you've never spent time and talked to them, you've never stepped in their shoes for a moment. I'm gonna tell you tonight, and I'm gonna tell you tonight, now is not the time to say, well, it's so rare, and, and look, at the, look at the statistics, look at the black on black crime, look at all, now's not the time for us to throw facts in the air. Now is the time for us to just say, hey, I love you, I'm sorry this happened, I love you. I don't agree with it. It's evil. It's racist. I don't believe it. I'm sorry it happened. We just need to be empathetic. The church just needs to be somebody that will open their arms and say, hey, listen, I don't understand it all. I don't get it all, but I love you. And my love is greater than the divisiveness of this world. My love is greater than the hate that this world is trying to push among us. Hear me tonight. Love covereth a multitude of 
of sins and you are in a room tonight of people who are striving to be unified. Black, white, Mexican, Chinese, it doesn't matter what color you are. You are in a body, a church tonight that is striving to be people that live for God. I'm going to tell you right now, there's two places that don't care about the color of your skin, and that's heaven and that's hell. Because in Daniel chapter 3, when they bowed before that golden image, the Bible says that every nation was there. There were people speaking different languages there. There were people from different countries there. The agenda of hell in this, in this divisive day that we are living in, the agenda... Am I here? The agenda. We're going to have church. I'm going to preach this one way. I'm going to preach this if every mic in the house goes out. The agenda of hell is, is, <laughs> the agenda of hell is for no matter the color of your skin, no matter where you come from, the agenda of hell is for you to bow to their, to their ideologies, for you to bow to the, to depression, for you to bow to fear, for you to bow to hopelessness, for you to bow to the things of the enemy. That is, amen, the, the, the agenda of hell. But the agenda of heaven and the agenda of the church is that white, black, whatever you are, we all will come together in one body, in one mind, and in one accord and serve and stand with God. Matthew 22 and 36, be seated. Master, which is the great commandment in the law? What is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I'm gonna tell you what has to happen in the church for the church to move forward. We have to have prayer and we have it. We gotta, be, we gotta bind together. We have to bind together. Is there a division in this church? Not an ounce. I don't feel an ounce of it, Pastor Nehemiah. I don't feel an ounce of separation in this church. I don't feel, and there's not an ounce of racism in this church. I really don't, I really believe that. I don't believe we're, we're, we're that church. But I do believe, amen, that sometimes lack of conversation, lack of transparency breeds separation. It's not the will of God for you to feel closer to a coworker than it is to somebody in the body of Christ. Are you hearing me tonight? We can pour out our soul to somebody that, 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 that doesn't live for God, that who knows what they live like, and they, they sit across the desk from us, and just because we're, we're with them for eight hours a day, we can talk to them and we can say whatever to them, and, we, and, and people develop a relationship with a coworker, and they feel a stronger relationship with a coworker than they do with somebody in the church. That's not the will of God. That's not the will of God. What's the problem? The problem's not anything other than we just, we just haven't gotten close. I'm not saying everybody everywhere. I'm not talking to the whole church tonight, but I'm talking, amen, to somebody in the Holy Ghost tonight. We've got to get close with one another. We've got to be together with one another. We have to bear our souls to one another. People will go where the relationship is every time. The number one reason young people stay in church is because they found a friend in church. They found a relationship in the church. They found somebody that they could be transparent with in the church. 
And that statistic's not just for young people. It's a little different for adults. It's a little less for adults because of families and getting your family in church. But it's still very present. People want to be where they feel connected. People want to be where they feel they are in a relationship with somebody. And relationships do not happen by Sunday, Wednesday. Hi, brother, how are you? I'm doing well, blessed by the best. Hallelujah, how are you? That's not a relationship. In Acts chapter two, they went from house to house. They broke bread together. They fellowship together. Let me tell you tonight where we're headed. We're getting ready to talk about small groups in this church and and getting together and breaking bread house to house. You're getting ready to hear more about it. We've got to be people, amen, that can be in relationship with one another. We can't be so scared to be vulnerable, to be transparent that we, oh, you know, I grew up in church so I can talk about us. You know, we put on this, we put on this facade, you know what I mean? You know, I know none of y'all have ever gotten a fight with your spouse before you walked into church. And honey, I'm sure it was my fault when we, when we did fight. I know, I'm smart. I'm smart. Mm-hmm. You know, we put it on, oh, I'm doing fine, I'm doing great. And, and we leave the wall up between us and our brothers and our sisters. We leave a wall up. I'm not saying, I'm not saying as soon as somebody greets you in the, in the foyer, you should pour, how are you? Well, let me go ahead and tell you, you got time? I'm not saying that. <laughs> it's a figure of speech sometimes. But I am saying that we can't be so nervous to let people know that we're human. We can't, man, it's really raining, isn't it? (laughs) We can't be so nervous to let people know where, where, where are the relationships in the church like this? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Where, where is that? Just bear my heart with you tonight. Iron sharpeneth iron. Where, where is that? Do you have a friend like that here? Do you have somebody here that can speak into your life? Or is the only time you can get transparent counsel and godly and wise counsel as if you call a meeting with the pastor? I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm not saying you ought to do it. We ought to get counsel from our shepherd. But we also ought to be in relationship with one another, with people and voices that we can trust, with people that we can sit beside and say, listen, I have struggled in my prayer. I have struggled in my devotion with God. I want to be right with God. Will you help me? Will you keep me? Where? Where are those conversations? Are you having them? Or would you rather, would you rather just be a surface level? Oh, you're going to find a relationship somewhere. You're going to find somebody to open up to somewhere. And the reason some of you have never felt connected to this church is because you've never sat across the table from a godly friend who will be good to you and always lead you and point you in the path that God would point you. We've never had a conversation of transparency. And we wonder why we struggle. We wonder as men why we struggle. 
because we don't want to tell nobody about our issues. We don't want to tell nobody about the, about the stuff that's going on in our head. We don't want to tell anybody about the struggle of our devotion. We don't want to tell anybody about the emotional things that we have had to go through because of family. You hear me tonight? It is the will of God that we be unified. We be joined together at the hip, seeing differences, but yet still love loving one another, yet still praying for one another, yet still believing in one another. If relationships don't matter, why did Jesus run away from the crowds and run to the house and run to the well? and run to places where he could be in a one-on-one, real, transparent conversation. He ran away from the crowd. He ran to the individual. He was a friend of publicans and sinners. And when others wouldn't go in their house, when others wouldn't give him the time of day, Jesus said, hey, Let's hang out. Let's eat some food together. Let's share. Let's talk together. Jesus was about, was intentional. Yeah, my goodness. He used 12 people. He walked with them every day of, of his ministry. He used 12 people that he was in relationship with to turn the world upside down. And if this church is going to be together in the end times, we've got to get unforgiveness out of here. We've got to get bitterness out of here. We've got to get ought against one another out of here. We've got to be people who will stand together. Stand with me all over the room. Two are better than one. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9. Put put this up there, please. Ecclesiastes 4 and 9. Two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. Next verse. For if they fall, the one. Y'all remember last week? The one will lift up his fellow. You can't be yoked together with somebody without there being a closeness. You can't be yoked up with somebody unless there's a transparency there. I know exactly where I'm at tonight. Keep going. But woe to him that is alone. I feel like screaming this tonight. Woe to him that is alone. Woe to the couple that is alone. Woe to the family that is alone. When he falleth, for he hath not another to help him up. Ladies and gentlemen, if we're going to stand, we're going to stand because we're prayerful. And we're going to stand because we're together. The world is trying to tear us apart nation against nation, nationality against nationality. We're here. While the world's trying to tear apart, there's a church and there's a God that's saying it's time to come together. Because in that upper room, they began to speak with tongues. You, you read every nationality that was within earshot of that upper room. There were Jews and Medes and and all of these different nationalities that were there and they heard them speak in their own tongue in their differences they were together they were unified 
They were in one mind and they were in one accord. I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. You're my brother, you're my sister. So take me by the hand. Together we will work until he comes. Jesus knew, hanging on that cross, Sister Akins, it's so good to see you tonight and your family. Jesus knew, hanging on that cross. Pastor made this point, and I'll never forget it. Jesus knew, hanging on that cross, that if I'm going to die, John and Mary got to leave. Pastor said it this way, it's hard to die when you've got people in your life begging you to live. It is hard to spiritually die when you have people in your life that are begging you, just keep praying. Just keep seeking God. Just keep coming. Just keep being faithful. I know it's hard, but it's going to be over soon. Just keep it's hard to die, saying of God. It's hard to die, struggling couple. It's hard to die, young person, when there's people around you saying live. This church tonight is saying live. Don't bow. Don't bow. This world's bowing. Don't bow. Don't bow. Live. They can throw you in the fire. They can, they can run you through the mill. That fire is not going to touch you. You ain't even going to smell like smoke when you come out. And before it's all over with, they were, they were tormenting you. They were persecuting you. But before it's all over, they're going to be bowing to the God that you serve. Before it's all over with, they're going to be confessing that he is Lord and that he is God. Just hold on. Just hold on. Lift your hands all over the room. If you feel to come, you can come, Lord. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus. We stand through our devotion to you. We also stand tonight in our devotion to one another. Oh, help us. Help us. Help us to be transparent, oh Lord, with one another. Baptize us. God, with the spirit of vulnerability, healthy vulnerability, God, that will grow us, that can edify us, that can help us and draw us closer to you. God, in the name of Jesus, come on, I want you to receive the word of the Lord tonight. We'd heard from God tonight. We heard from the Lord tonight. God, forgive us, Lord. Come on, I want you to repent all across the room. Come on, let this word search our heart tonight. Together, unified. Creating us, oh God, a clean heart. Renewing us, oh God, a right spirit, Lord. And I take authority right now over any spirit or any thought that would come against this word from the Lord. God, bind us together 
in unity. Come on, I want you to reach out to God. I want that to be your prayer. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, God, that we can be real, we can be transparent, God. God, that we don't, we feel comfortable, God, that we don't have to keep a mask on, oh God. Forgive us, Lord God. Forgive us, Lord, of pouring out our heart, God, to people who are not spiritual. Bless us, God, to trust one another, Lord. Come on, I want you to pray for your neighbor. You don't have to touch him, but pray for him in faith right now. This is a word from God tonight. We've heard from the Lord tonight. We've heard from God tonight. Come on, I want you to pray for your neighbor. In the name of Jesus, God, unify us together, Lord, for a great work, for a great army, God. Hallelujah. I want you to pray right now. God, put somebody in my life. Put somebody in this body in my life. God, put somebody in my life. I pray this prayer when I felt alone. Put somebody in this body in my life. God, send them to me. God, send me their name and my spirit that I can hook up with. I can link up with somebody godly, somebody that'll give me godly counsel, somebody that'll push me towards you and not away from you. Help me tonight, oh Lord. I thank you for this church tonight. Thank you for this wonderful church tonight. dismiss you tonight. If you feel to pray, there's a spirit of prayer in this room right now. I want you to, you can find a place to pray. If you need to be dismissed, you can be dismissed. The Lord's calling us tonight. The Lord is calling us tonight. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.